So I'm going to invite any questions. Are you not using that pillow? Yeah, you I'll use it. Yeah. That. Yeah. So, like, for a couple of times, I like I I, I um, sing along with with the words, but I don't know the meaning of it. Okay. Is it possible to have an effect then? Yes. Yeah. You don't need to know the meaning of it. Actually, um, it's like uh, you know, if you. Uh, what, what word, which words are you talking about, first of all? We have to be... Have to example, be <laughs> the, uh, Gopala, yeah, yeah. No, you don't need to know. I mean, I can explain to you. But you don't need to know the actual translation in, in, in order for the effect to be there. The power is there invested in the mantras. It's God's arrangement that anybody who hears it becomes purified, whether they know the meaning or not. So you can chant it to the dogs that don't even know how to speak. You know, They don't know the meanings of any words. But if you if you sing the mantras to the dog, the dog will be, you know, very well benefited. Uh, any animal, any species of life. So even the human beings, they don't need to know the the meaning to the words. If if you if you hear them, then you become uh, spiritually purified. And so, actually, the process of bhakti yoga is a process of becoming spiritually purified. It's just purifying yourself every day. <laughs> And then, as you pur purifying yourself means, in this connection, uh, the chanting of uh, God's names. Uh, you know they were names of God, yeah? Uh, this is not new to you? They are names of God, you know that, yeah? yeah. Mantra, yeah. So, uh, these, uh, these act like uh, a cleansing agent over the heart and the mind. So, the, uh, uh, the natural... Um, your natural, actually, identity becomes more and more uh, revealed to you as the mantra, as you chant it more. Uh, just like uh, if you have a, a, a mirror that's got all kinds of crud on it, right? You, you need some like cleansing agent to get rid of the crud, right? So if you, you take this, a sponge or whatever and you wipe it along the mirror, it, it, it becomes cleansed, right? So the mantra is like the, the, the sponge where you, the mantra is cleansing the mirror of, uh, it's cleansing the mind, it's cleansing the uh, false ego. So you're not actually, uh, you become more aware of who you actually are. The reason is, is because the mantra is uh, a name of, because God and God's names are not separate. The name of God and God is one and the same. It's not like, you know, in this world we have, um, a separation between the name and the object it represents. Uh, like, for example, if I say the word mango, 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 uh, I'm never going to be able to taste a mango because this, the sound mango and object mango are two different things, right? Uh, but that's not the case for the names of God. His name is not different from Him. There's no separation between the, the, na the name of God and God. This is the, the, the verdict of the scriptures and the yoga masters. So uh, that's why it's special. That's why it's powerful. And that's why when you chant it more, uh, you become more aware of the contents of the mantra. You become aware that the mantra is more than an ordinary sound. And as, you, as your consciousness becomes more and more purified, you're able to actually... You're actually able to perceive that this 
this name, God is there in the sound of God's names. You actually experience that actually I'm in the presence of God when I'm chanting these names. When that happens, then uh, you become aware that you are inseparable from God. In other words, you and God are intimately connected eternally. There's, um, it's a, it's a, a, a union or a bond that's eternally there. And it's like you're rediscovering this forgotten relationship. Um, so this is how the mind, see, it's, it's not that a person, self-realization is not simply realizing yourself uh, independently of God. Self-realization is uh, experiencing God, and as I experience God, I, as, I, as in other words, this name of this name of God has descended into this material world. It is it is actually God Himself incarnated. In the in the beginning, this is hidden from our vision. It's it may sound like an ordinary sound. It may sound like a, just a any other sound. Uh, but as you practice chanting more, then um, it, he reveals himself in the sound, in the mantra. As he reveals himself in the sound, then you become uh, acutely aware of your um, eternal relationship with him, that you cannot separate yourself from him. Just like the sun ray cannot separate itself from the sun, the, the jiva, atma, part and parcel of the supreme, he cannot separate himself from God. You become, you become like uh, this acutely aware, no matter how much you try to cover it up, that I am, I am inseparable from God. I, I have an eternal relationship with Him. And so this is the, the gradual effect of this, this chanting. And, and what happens is, you begin to revel in that relationship. It becomes like your life and soul, and um, you you no longer feel uh, lonely or depressed, or because you have a a friend that's you 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 know loves you and and uh, cares about you, and and you can rest and take shelter in that friend. So, this is kind of the gradual process of it, and how it, you know, gradually unfolds. I kind of forgot your question, but... Oh, yeah. So, um, uh, well, Gopala, so um, Go uh, actually has two meanings. In Sanskrit, okay, I'm not a Sanskrit expert. It's just you know what I've, I've I know some words here and there, you know. But go, it means uh, senses, and it also means cows. The word cow comes from the word Sanskrit word go. So um, <clears throat> Gopala means the one who gives pleasure to the cows, or the one who gives pleasure to the senses. See, so either way, you say it. Yeah, it makes sense, and it works perfectly. The Sanskrit language is 
uh, from, to my understanding, full of these different meanings. Words of, have double meanings, but it, it's so poetic in the sense that it, it works in many different ways. So this is an example of that. So Gopala means the one who gives pleasure to the cows and to the senses. So the, 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 those that are perceiving God are experiencing um, great uh, pleasure um, with their senses. They're not, this is not speaking of the um, outward senses, really. It's, it's more referring to the, the transcendental senses. So uh, when, when one perceives God, he perceives God with transcendental senses. He perceives God with um, the heart. You know, seeing God with you, these physical eyes is not important. But um, actually, when when you become, when you practice meditation more, or practice mantra meditation, then you are able to perceive God within your heart. This is called transcendental senses. So, uh, uh, and Govinda means the one who gives pleasure to the cows, the land, and the senses. <coughs> Rama. Rama refers to, uh, Rama means uh, the reservoir of all pleasure. So those that are uh, in union with God uh, are experiencing uh, within their heart, within their mind, great transcendental blissfulness or pleasure. So this is the name Rama because he gives such pleasure to his devotees. And so, um, this, the spiritual world is a world of love. The, uh, this world is a world of lust. A world of, in other words, what can I get for myself? But the spiritual world, um, the residents of the spiritual world are living in an <clears throat> unimaginably blissful world of selfless love. They do not care for their own happiness or uh, discomfort because they are, they are not interested in themselves. They are completely God-conscious. Their whole mind, their whole heart, their whole being is immersed in God. And because of that, um, they experience great transcendental bliss or pleasure. So even though they're not worried about their own pleasure, they're living in a world of... Um, great pleasure and blissfulness. So there's an analogy that uh, if one, um, if the leaf takes the rainwater for itself, it doesn't give it to the root, it just tries to drink it itself, it doesn't become happy, it doesn't become nourished, it dries up and wilts away. But if that leaf gives the water to the root, then the leaf flourishes, right? That's how the leaf becomes nourished, is it has to give the water to the root. So this is the same situation with us. If we try to take this material world simply for our own enjoyment, then we suffer. But, cause, but our natural function or our natural um, condition is to be living for the pleasure of the Supreme Lord. And when a person is living for the pleasure of the Supreme Lord, dovetailing his will with the Supreme Lord out of love, then he experiences great transcendental blissfulness or pleasure. 
So um, this is kind of uncomprehendable and it's um, uh, doesn't make sense because in this world, the more I give, the less I have. <laughs> but in the spiritual world, the opposite is true. The more you give, the more you automatically have. So um, this name Rama means uh, the one who gives pleasure to his devotees. The devotees don't want anything from God, but they just want to serve God, want to meditate on Him. They are attached out of love. And because of this love in itself, they are experiencing great inner blissfulness. Uh, Madonna Mohana means, uh, it, it refers to the enchanting quality of God. Just like when um, a beautiful girl walks by, we all look, we're enchanted. So the residents of the spiritual world are all enchanted by God. They don't even know that God is God. They don't even see God as God. In this, in this, this world where the Supreme Lord resides, they're, they're covered by this potency called Yoga Maya, which covers their eyes to the fact that this person is God, and they just see Him as this most amazing, most beautiful, most perfect person who my heart is completely given to. Uh, but there's none of this awe and reverence and um, fear like that. Uh, so they are all enchanted by the Supreme Lord. So this, this name Madana Mohana refers to this enchanting quality. Uh, that's that mantra done. <laughs> Any other questions? That's it. What about Nitai Oh, I thought I was off the hook. <laughs> <laughs> um, Nitai Gore. So, Nitai is a short for Nichananda, which means the eternally, eternally blissful. And uh, Nitai Gore. So, Gore refers to Goranga. And Goranga means, Gor means golden, Anga means limbs, just like Ashtanga, Ashtanga Yoga means eight limbs. Goranga means golden limbs. So that refers to the uh, incarnations uh, of God, actually God Himself that is incarnated into this world about 500 years ago as His own devotee to, pra to uh, teach by example and to taste uh, loving service to himself. So, um, this, the position of the Supreme Lord is that he is the enjoyer, and we are the we are meant to be uh, assisting him in his enjoyment. In his enjoyment, this is how the highest yogi experiences um, the blissfulness that is oceans and oceans of times greater than any happiness that a person can experience in this world uh, because they are um, in engaging in their natural uh, constitutional function of rendering loving service to the Supreme Lord. Now, because the Supreme Lord is the Supreme Enjoyer, that is His duty, that is His job. See, we come in this world, we try to be enjoyers. We want to be the one who everybody's serving. We want to be up high in the, in the business or up up high in society, we want to be the one who everybody's looking up to, uh, everybody's um, 
worshiping like that. We, in other words, we want to be God. We want to be the enjoyer. You know, like uh, if I if I go on vacation, I don't think about who I can serve on this vacation. I think about who can serve me, and I think. I'm going to be happy receiving all this service. I'm going to get this person to massage me. I'm going to get this person to cook me nice food. I'm going to, you know, uh, do this and that. So, uh, and we think we're going to be happy if we're, if we're, everybody's worshiping us and enjoying, and, and we're going to enjoy like this. But it doesn't bring us ha happiness because it's not our natural constitutional position of being the enjoyer. But, see, we're, so we're like fake gods. But the Supreme Lord, he is the actual enjoyer, and it is natural for him to enjoy. It is natural for him to uh, be the acceptor of service, and everybody's happy when, when this is going on. The devotees are very happy seeing the Lord enjoying, and the, the Lord is very happy uh, that the devotees are experiencing happiness in their love for him. So it's a world of love like this, but there's roles. There's the enjoyer, and then there's a servant, and we are uh, servants. So, uh, but the Supreme Lord in the spiritual world is seeing how wonderful it is that my devotee, Radharani, is experiencing such happiness in serving me. See the Radharani, is there a picture of Radharani here? The Radharani is the um, uh, consort of the Supreme Lord. He uh, plays the role of his girlfriend in the spiritual world. So she is the greatest of the devotees. And, and uh, Krishna is seeing Radharani and, and thinking, uh, she is enjoying so much serving me, and I am the supreme enjoyer. I want to enjoy that. Loving service to the Supreme Lord is so pleasurable that the Supreme Lord wants to taste it. You see? So when God incarnates into this world, He doesn't incarnate and uh, to have as much sex as possible, make as much money as possible, drive as many fancy cars as possible. You know? He, he didn't come for any of that. He came to taste, because He's the Supreme Enjoyer, He came to taste the highest bliss, the highest pleasure. So, he incarnated as his own devotee, you see, so for two purposes. Number one, to experience the taste, the sweetness of loving service to himself, because that is the highest happiness, the highest blissfulness. And number two, out of his mercy to, sh to show us uh, by example, just like sometimes a teacher takes the role of a student to teach the student. The Supreme Lord takes the role of His own devotee, number one, to taste the happiness of service to Himself, and number two, to show us how we can also taste it. So the appearance of Lord Chaitanya is for this purpose, and Lord Nityananda uh, is His expansion and coming down to assist Him in His pastimes and is also the Supreme Lord, expanded. So, uh, there you go. <laughs> That's Lord Chaitanya and Lord Nityananda, or Nitai Gore. So when we say Nitai Gore, we are, we're referring to these two personalities. Yeah. 
So that's why Lord Chaitanya, his name is Goranga, because if you notice, the complexion of Radharani is like molten gold. So he came, uh, he is Krishna himself, with the complexion, of, the complexion and mood of Radharani. You see, so... <clears throat> this is Goranga. What about the Mahamantra? <laughs> <laughs> so the Mahamantra, uh, uh, Hare Krishna, so Hare refers to Radharani, refers to this uh, most intimate uh, devotee of uh, Krishna, Radharani. Hare refers to Radharani, but it also includes the us, the living beings. In other words, the, the pleasure potency of the Supreme Lord, that um, energy of God which is meant to give pleasure to the Supreme Lord. Uh, so we are included in that. So it refers to Rad, Radha or Radharani, it also refers to all the living entities who are naturally meant to be um, incorporated into this world of love. Um, Hare Krishna. So Krishna means all attractive. Uh, we're attracted to people because they have attractive qualities. <clears throat> we're attracted to people because they're beautiful, because they're wise, because they're wealthy, uh, because they're powerful, because they're renounced. When we see uh, a rich person, everybody looks. When we see a beautiful person, everybody looks. We're attractive. We have attraction to attractive qualities. But the jivas, or the infinitesimal spirit souls in this world, have um, a, uh, a limited amount of beauty, intelligence, wealth, and so on. You know, we're just somewhat beautiful. We have, we own, even Donald Trump owns only a little tiny fragment of stuff because this universe is very vast and there's many, 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 many universes. So uh, even if you owned everything in the whole universe, you only still own nothing <laughs> compared to the overall everything. So... Um, Anyway, the, the jivas, they own uh, very little. So they have a little bit of wealth compared to the Supreme Lord. But the Supreme Lord owns everything. So he has uh, everything. He owns everything. His beauty does not, is uh, like in many, many, many oceans beauty compared to the small little beauty of a, a living, you know, ordinary jiva. Uh, so like this, the Supreme Lord has all these qualities in full. Therefore, um, Krishna, it means all attractive because he has all these qualities, all the attractive qualities in full. <coughs> uh, Rama, as we already described, means the reservoir of all pleasure. So this Maha Mantra, um, or High Krishna Mantra, uh, this translation is said to be... Um, it's not so much a translation, but a mood that the devotee chants it in is, O Lord, O energy of the Lord, please engage me in your loving service. So the mantra itself is an invitation to the spiritual world. And the devotee chanting the Maha Mantra is him accepting that invitation and entering into the spiritual world. Okay. Any other ones? So, how do you look at your name? Uh, Anantadas. Yeah. So, how does it work with saying, 
this happened when I became uh, a formally initiated disciple of my spiritual master. So he gave me the name. Uh, when someone becomes formally initiated like this, um, in other words, what ha initiation means um, that I uh, I see this person as uh, the representative of the Supreme Lord, and and um, when I serve Him, when I'm uh, hearing from Him, I have this. Um, understanding this knowing within that I'm actually hearing directly from God. There's no difference. It's, this person is, in other words, a pure medium of the Supreme Lord. And by hearing from this person, I feel completely safe that I'm hearing the pure message of God like this. So when you have this vision, uh, then it is a person's duty to ask um, such a person to uh, be their disciple. In other words, this uh, is Krishna's uh, instruction in the Bhagavad Gita is to, um, if you want to know the truth, then you must approach a spiritual master. <coughs> inquire, inquire from him submissively, render service unto him, and because that person can um, impart knowledge unto you. So, uh, this is well, this is Krishna's instruction for us, God's instructions to become the disciple of a spiritual master. The spiritual master may at that time formally initiate someone or not. Uh, our spiritual master tends to not accept disciples very easily. I was a student for 14 years before he initiated me for, as his disciple. And I asked many times. And he first time he said to me because um, I went this was in 2001 and I was in Hawaii where he was and I asked him will you please accept me as your disciple and he said um, how long are you here for I said six months and he said we'll see if you last <laughs> so then I came back about eight months later and I was still there and I asked again, and he said, I'd like to accept you as my disciple, but first I want you to give up your prick attitude. <laughs> so um, so then I, I asked many times through letters after that, and I never received a re response. And then... Uh, um, in 2013, when I was there, then um, I'd received an invitation to uh, his house, and he then accepted me as his disciple. He, he told me that um, I see, when I see you, because I saw him earlier that day, and he said, when I saw you this morning, and when I see you at the gatherings, because we had you know these gatherings where we have kirtans and he gives lectures and stuff, he says I have a. He said that um, I. I see that you carry a burden on your shoulders, thinking that you are not connected to me and Krishna. But he wanted to uh, assure me that I was, and he 
told me, and then he decided to accept me as a disciple. Um, but it's not that, it's not that, you know, I wasn't already his disciple, like, it, not formally, but he was already um, accepting me, he was already giving me instructions, already chastising me, disciplining me. The word disciple, it comes from the word discipline. The spiritual master's job is to discipline his disciple. Uh, you're doing that wrong. You have this bad attitude, you know. The very fact that it, the first time he, he said, "I'd like to accept you, but I'd like to, but first you have to give up your prick attitude." It means he's accepting me as his disciple already, because he's disciplining me, saying, "You're a prick. Stop being such a prick." <laughs> you know. And there's many times after that, you know, that he did as well. In other words, it's like um, you have a. Um, someone who you love and you share your house with and you it's your you know long time girlfriend or boyfriend or something you may not have a ring on your finger yet but it's like the relationship is there you know it's not like the relationship starts at the formal ceremony you see what i mean so um i was fortunate enough to have been accepted as his disciple formally and that's why i had this name ananta das which he gave me ananta means ananta is ananta is a name of god uh it means, uh, like, anta means the end. And when you have, in the sense, in Sanskrit, when you have, like, a in front, in this case, there's, it's ananta, which means uh, without end. So it's the name of God, meaning, re referring to his limitless quality. Yeah. And das? das means the servant of. So, yeah, that's what, yeah, that's what that, so, yeah, the servant of the unlimited Supreme Lord. That's what it means, yeah. So that's what happens when people get, um, usually what happens when people become disciples of a spiritual master is they get a name, and that name ends with Das or Dasi. Dasi is the female version. And um, so, uh, yeah, and it's the name of God usually, or um, something connected with God, and Das or Dasi, yeah. Okay, is that it? Cool. So we'll just uh, we'll just finish by having a little kirtan and and uh, what are we gonna do after that? Sweet. You got some sweets or something? Anyone got some sweets? Is there some food in the fridge? Krishna Prasaya Bhutale Shri Mate Siddhaswarupananda Ormam Sarite Namine
Gopala Govinda Rama 
Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you.